Hi, I'm Kavya Gupta, and welcome to StratChat, a new audio segment from the content team at Strategizer that features regular discussions on how companies prepare themselves for future success. Each episode will be a quick discussion with guests in a variety of spaces and disciplines. Co-founder Alex Osterwalder and I will speak with startup creators, big business leaders, influential thinkers and teachers who practice or preach the philosophy of radical innovation. We're excited to bring you this new format. Feel free to download StratChat to your device and listen along while commuting, exercising, or performing other productive tasks. Here's our first discussion. You know, a lot of founders can actually develop a really great idea for a business, but then uh, taking it to market can be can be really difficult. I had a professor actually in business school who always said it's uh, innovation equals invention plus marketing, right? And his point was, it's not, not just the idea, it's not just the product that's efficient in order to build a really great business. You have to know how to bring it to market, get customers to care about it, and then do that in a way that's, uh, that's cost-effective. Uh, hi, my name is Tom Tungus. I'm a partner at Redpoint Ventures. Tom's made a name for himself in the VC world for writing brilliantly detailed posts on the future of software-as-a-service companies, more commonly known as SaaS companies. He's obsessed with understanding how every component of the business is pivotal to its survival. You know, I spend a lot of time in horizontal software companies, and, and uh, what that means is I go functional area by functional area, so marketing, HR, product, engineering, sales, and I look at all the different opportunities that might exist within it, within one of those different functional areas. And so yeah, marketing is, uh, is clearly one of those areas. And so... How are the tools that you're using factor into the type of work you do? I love the business model canvas. I think about it actually whenever I meet with a new business. And so what I've done is uh, whenever I walk into a meeting where I'm meeting a company for the first time, I actually have a template. And, uh, and that template includes all the major characteristics of the business model canvas in addition to a handful of other frameworks. So the value proposition diagram in addition, and then a bunch of stuff from Michael Porter and some things from Peter Thiel, like his own monopoly concept. Why do you find these tools so useful and do you see a large-scale adoption of these techniques? It definitely forces you to ask the right questions. A really early software company may not really understand its gross margin structure out of the gate, or it may only have one major channel of distribution and that channel of distribution represents a significant risk to the business. I think the Business Model Canvas is a really powerful tool, and I, I suspect when a group of founders are just getting started, it's an incredibly powerful tool to just think through what the business could look like a few years from now. And if you've got that consistent, again, if you have the consistent way of looking at a business, it's going to be a lot easier to compare and contrast different ideas and the attractiveness of those ideas. And so my goal in a meeting is basically just to walk through that and just answer every question that I have on that template. If I do that, then I know I've, I've answered all the questions that I would want to have asked about the business and I can go back to my desk or my office and figure out, you know, think a little bit more about the softer parts of the business. But just having that framework and that consistent analytical rigor, it, it really helps to be able to compare and contrast different opportunities, investment opportunities. And differentiation must play a huge role in the type of choices and decisions you have to make. How do you assess that? You know, differentiation is hard because it's very rare to find a new problem to solve. It's more frequent that you find a new way to solve an existing problem. Differentiation then becomes a challenge because first you have to differentiate against the old way of doing things and demonstrate 
you know, a 10x or something, you know, conceptually like that, which is a, a significantly better approach to the market, uh, which can be challenging. And then the second is you you have to get the, the attention of your buyer. And so many people already are vying and competing for that attention that it can be, it can just be really difficult to break into. And, and the last part is, you know, once you actually have that attention, you need to build a startup and a sales team need to be able to deliver a message that's compelling and concise and gets immediately to the point. The most efficient SaaS companies are the ones where the sales teams are effectively just taking orders. The marketing team has generated enough enough demand and has educated the customer to such an extent that they're just ready to buy, right? They, they've evaluated all the different options and they understand the, the key differentiation of a particular offering. And they're calling a salesperson to handle the last three or four objections, questions about implementation, about pricing. But they're already... Uh, you know, they're already very, very close to making that decision, that purchasing decision. So you've been focusing a lot on the marketing functions within these companies. What are you seeing? What's changing? What's different? There's been an evolution in the sales process. So it used to be if you took a customer through their journey and, and through the buying funnel, marketing was, was in the traditional world was at the top of the funnel, generating awareness and basically just kind of building a brand in a customer's mind. And it, it was then the job of the sales team to take that brand that existed in the customer's mind, perform an outbound call, educate the customer, and then walk the customer through all the different objections, be the most knowledgeable person that the customer spoke to, and then ultimately close a deal. And in that funnel, the majority of the time that the customer spends is with the sales team. But in the new way, you know, in the high-velocity uh, inside sales model, it's marketing that owns the majority of the time with the customer. Marketing with, with content marketing, with web, with uh, webinars, with events, with you know all the kind of stuff that they do. Now, once the customer from brand building to introduction to education to comparison. Okay, so you've got these internal teams who are reinventing the way they sell the product, but how is the product being reinvented? The first wave of SaaS was basically just taking the on-prem software and putting it into a web browser, right? And then the second generation re-architected those software products to take advantage of web, web-scale technologies. And both of those products are, including in the marketing world, are basically just databases with a beautiful front end on top of them. And the next wave that we're going to see are the predictive companies, the ones that take advantage of machine learning in order to not just accept information and give it back to you in a bunch of different ways or analyze it. They're going to actually make recommendations or make predictions or tell you exactly what you ought to be working on. And I think that's, that's you know, we were investors in Related IQ, and so we definitely saw that in, in CRM. And I think uh, we're starting to see that a bunch of predictive analytics companies in marketing, uh, but it's still relatively early on. And, and, and the, the main driving factor, the main enabling trend for predictive uh, technologies is just the aggregation of data because in order to be able to make a successful prediction with a reasonable confidence, you need to have a huge data set. And most companies' data just isn't that isn't that clean. It's not that well organized. It's not centralized. Last question, and it's something we're interested in here at Strategizer. The term innovation has become so diluted. How do you define it? You know, maybe I'll go back to that formula that my marketing professor taught me, which is it's invention plus marketing. You know, it's uh, fundamentally it's an advance in some way of doing something and then actually bringing that advance so that people ultimately use it and improve their lives in some way. The notion of rapid experimentation, 
you know, creating goals and, and measuring initial performance and then uh, moving forward or not moving forward based on those initial goals. It's a really smart one. I think it's advice that we often sometimes give at the, at, in board meetings, but it's but since we're mostly Series A investors, I think a lot of the methodology happens before we invest. <laughs>